this will be episode 32. 31? No, 32. You're right, it is 32. Yeah. You have so many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, this is the opening. This is a soft opening to the episode right here. <laughs> episode 32. You heard it here first. For, oh, God damn it, I can't. You heard it here first. In a numbers-based podcast like 5150, we can't keep track of how many episodes we have. We just don't. We just can't. Every episode is like, how many of this fucking bullshit have we done? I know. And in our title, the name of the podcast, four numbers right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, we only have room for a certain amount of numbers in our head, and four of them are, are the name of the podcast. Unless we start spelling huh. it out. <laughs> I, th- yeah, I think it is spelled out on the website. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Because you're, you know, I think. Oh, we should, yeah, we should actually say, if anybody is listening and wants to get in touch with us, uh, we have the email address, girl, I can make you feel okay, as in the kiss lyric, uh, at gmail.com. So, I was never more excited than when we saw Kiss and that they played that song. And then it came <laughs> up and it was like, oh, yeah, the email. Like, I was fucking pumped. I was like, I wonder if anyone's emailed that lately. And I probably. No, it's just, it's just like. Fucking iTunes has changed their terms of service or something. I'm like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> I don't read the first one. It's it's funny that it. um, I think one of my one of my terrible ideas again, some more behind the curtain. We like to let everyone see a, a glimpse into the process. I was like, you should read. You guys can the- make your own podcast. <laughs> it's yeah. literally as simple as that. Sorry, go. Yeah, um, one of my terrible ideas was for you to go through the inbox and just read emails that we had gotten, but it would have all been like for the. For, two years that we hadn't <laughs> been doing the three years we hadn't been doing the podcast. So it would have been like, uh, just, yeah. Terms, terms of usage, like possibly, are you, are you still active? <laughs> are you just a yes. email, email address? Um, presumably you logged in when we started doing it again. And there's probably oh, yeah. like, Hey, Hey, you logged in from your phone or something. Like, yeah. Yes, which I think we actually phone. read one of those in a previous podcast, but you could have, fucking got the party going again by reading it again and you are rightly like that is a terrible idea why are you so full of that ideas and we shouldn't punish our, uh, what listeners we have yeah it's uh, still unclear who's listening to this um i haven't looked at any like download or algorithm metrics have you for this podcast uh, do you know if anyone there's something on the there's something on the feed because we have an xml feed that that uh you could that you subscribe to um, that someone subscribed to. And it says we have 31, or sorry, we have 81 subscribers. Now, some of those I think are just automatic, like as soon as you start any podcast feed, robots get hold of it. But that was about 40 uh, when, I, when I looked at it initially, and it's gone up by about 40. So I don't know if there's 40 real listeners. That seems excessive. I don't know who Yeah, who I don't know. Might be. Well, yeah, um, especially after the Metal CD2 episode. Who, <laughs> like, you would think that we had 120, and then it dropped to 80 after that one, probably. Oh. <laughs> going to lose all those Asia fans. <laughs> like, can't wait to see what these guys have to say about Heat of the Moment. Yeah, uh... Um, oh, yeah, it's two all thumbs the, down. Oh, fuck those guys. All the people who had the back piece of the weird space dolphin, <laughs> <laughs> like jumping over <laughs> a planet or whatever. Um, yeah, they probably were not into it. Um, yeah, I, you know, I still invite if anyone actually listens to this, this email. I don't know, like just type something in Wingding font or something. Just like send us an email, like. It's, this is out his office reply. Just send us something like. Yeah, it'd be nice to know if anyone is out there. I mean, it's not going to make a difference. We're going to continue. Oh just no! Randomly <laughs> recording these and throwing them out into the void. But yeah, podcast like no one's listening. <laughs> yes. It's not, not my joke. It's not your joke. Uh, so we can't no, put that. On, we can't put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Should we have t-shirts? Did, didn't say that. Would any would any of the robots that listen to this would you buy T-shirts if we had them? Is the question. Yeah, and what size are you? And if you're a car manufacturing robot, that's a giant size. Like we're gonna have to go. we have to custom make that I'm one. Toyota Tercel size. Oh man, should we have more robot themed content? Do you think that would help get more robots? To listen I thought to AIDC us? might might get them excited. <laughs> oh, you know what? That that might have done it. Like, yeah, we should cover more AI news. But then we'd be like, be oh, like, these soft, these soft-handed fucking robots of the art. They're not real robots like us. <laughs> We're not the ones that you know defuse bombs and f- make battleships and stuff. <laughs> yeah, 
All right, I'm going to think about some more robot content, and we can just try to like really cater to our our bot fan base and see if we can <laughs> get some of those bots that ballot stuffed for like whipping temptation or whatever, and see if we can get some of them to like. Yeah, because I I kind of picked on Burger Hill as maybe having uh, some army of of robots doing it, but no, within temptation, if there's any band that's going to be like on the list that absolutely fucking shouldn't be. Yeah, I, well, within temptation, I think is just generally like if you, you if you're a super fan of Nightwish and you're like I can't listen to only one band, you know, so it's like I just need a, I just need one more band to listen to. I'll just get a band that sounds exactly like my favorite <laughs> band. Um, it's a real, um, I don't know, Nirvana, Merciful Fate, Judas Priest situation. Kind of, what? <laughs> no, Merciful Fate, Judas Priest. <laughs> See. Uh, you know, what was your suggestion? Nirvana and Bush? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I was having <laughs> a hell of a, hell of a burn on Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They never wrote a song as good as Glycerine. You know. It was really... <laughs> yeah. Although so far, Bush's bassist hasn't come out and said, "You know what? Trump's a fucking great guy. <laughs> I'm fucking 100 percent down with him." Oh, that dude. Read the room. <laughs> don't say that. All right. <laughs> this one is this one's more off the rails than normal, maybe. I yeah, think. I think that bass came down on him pretty hard at the MCV Awards. <laughs> Has anyone done a scan <laughs> since then? Uh, oh wow. I we know when I when I brought up Bush, I I didn't even <laughs> and Nirvana. I I did not. That wasn't a, a skillful segue to talk about how Novoselic put his foot in it. Um, I didn't even think about that. I no. should think about that more before I talk on my on microphones that are recording. Everything everything's kind of a minefield moment. There seems to be a lot of dumb stuff out there that you can just happen across really easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the book club. I think this might need a little bit of setup because there's no setup for it. I think in the main segment. I think we dive right in. Um, okay. So. so I can't remember why we read this or what, you, how, how it came I about. I think you told me to read it. I think you were okay. reading it. And I was like, oh, you, that sounds like a thing. We, we need content. And that sounds like a thing we could talk about. Let me read it oh, as well. Content. Let me see if the library, if it's like super backlogged in the library because everyone wants to read this shitty book. And it, <laughs> and it was just on a shelf. Like it was just available for me to get like because no one cares about this book. Uh, so I had the ability to get it. I read it. And then... And then we just drank beers and, and talked about it. Talked about it. Uh, I got the audio book because I'm, I'm a lazy, lazy man. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think I had to, I think I was going back to England for my dad's birthday or something else. So I spent like a lot of time traveling uh, and on, on planes and trains and that. And, uh, and, and automobiles. <laughs> sure. Why not? Why not? Which why not bring up? Did you end up trapped with someone that you met on the one of the planes slash trains slash automobiles? I did sell some shower curtains to some teenage girls and tell them that it made them look older, and it somehow wasn't creepy. <laughs> Is that a thing that happens in that movie? Oh, that, yeah, that, that's the main thing that happens in that movie. I yeah, that's I but, but you know the famous scene. Where... <laughs> uh, well, well, the famous scene's like where they where they drive between the two trucks, right? And it's, and one of, and um, Candy turns into the devil. Yes, there's, that's that, there's that, that one. And they're it, waking up in the yeah. same bed together with those, those aren't pillows. That yes, those were the that's my those those the two, two takeaways and not anything about. I forgot that shower curtains were involved in the movie in any way, including in showers. I guess I just didn't realize that that was a thing. I thought he was uh, like a shower curtain salesman. Is that shower a curtain ring salesman? <laughs> it makes it very specific. Wait, is that a was that a thing in the eighties? Is that like you know what we're gonna we're gonna have to do a, a deep dive on. <laughs> I yeah I can't I'm see PTA. that being problematic at all. There's pro- I'm sure <laughs> nothing about oh. that movie has aged poorly. Um, movies movies that were made in like 2018 have aged well. Like comedy moves really fucking fast, and and it's great that it does. Um, uh, but and I think it's also good to go back and go here's what's problematic about that. Even if it wasn't made with a hateful fucking lens at the time, which this almost certainly wasn't. But it is it is good to go back and go, hey, look at these attitudes that were not examined. <laughs> we should probably ooh, move move along from that and not do that kind of shit anymore. Yeah, 
Although I have to admit, um, problematic movie from my uh, childhood, uh, Back to the Future, um, where uh, Marty McFly is uh, teaching people Johnny Be Good via not yeah. re- not being able to like put together that he probably shouldn't be playing that song before it was written. Um, <laughs> I I will the, admit like that the, the incest is the least in a, <laughs> least problematic part of that movie. Where you're like, yeah, this white teenager invented rock and roll and showed black people how to do it. Oh, don't 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 like that now. Yeah. I mean, that's a very uncharitable read of exactly what happens, but it's also an extremely accurate read of what yeah. happens. I don't think that was their intent necessarily, but that is what it was, and so that's yeah. tough. But someone online took that scene. I'm sure I've talked about this before, and uh, had it be uh, harsh noise instead of Johnny Be Good, <laughs> and so it's like Marty McFly being like, "Oh, this is this is a song," and telling the band they got to keep up. It's an A, and then just playing sheets of white noise and feedback and like bent notes. That's good because the band all look confused at each other. Like, what's this crazy guy doing? Yeah, and the audience is confused, and it is like your kids are gonna love it. And in one of my darker periods this week, where I was like getting a little overwhelmed with everything that was happening, I put that on and I laughed solidly for four <laughs> minutes. Like, it's like the whole it's 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 incredibly funny. So, if nothing else, at least that came out of it. Someone, yeah, putting harsh noise <laughs> back to the future. Were these? These sections now, these intros are wild. <laughs> Where we're um, going. We, we haven't talked to each other at all apart from doing this. And I haven't really talked to any of my other friends outside of Facebook. So, like, uh, uh, and otherwise, um, my wife isn't the biggest Back to the Future fan. So, I can't really do deep cut jokes about that with her. So, yeah. It's, uh... So, this is the outlet, man. This is what you're going to get. <laughs> it's going to be loose for a while until. Maybe maybe this is just what podcasting is now. It's just yeah. borderline therapy sessions. It's just like <laughs> stream of consciousness. Like I'm going to start talking about something real that's going to remind me of a thing, which is going <laughs> to pinwheel into another thing, and we're going to end somewhere just very online. It's like a Simpsons episode or something. It just starts <laughs> with a bear, ends with too many taxes or whatever. Like... Um, oh, the yeah. mustache parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when The Simpsons was good. We did a whole podcast about that. So, yeah, John Fine's book. Uh... <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's what, uh, what you're going to hear. It's from a simpler time. 20... Yeah. 17? I mean, the world was still on Actually, fire. Yeah. The temperature was just a bit lower. You know? Yeah, that's... It's funny that I said that, like, it was, like, 2011 and the economy had rebounded and, and we had no, this functioning like government post- and whatnot. And it's like, no. <laughs> it was still no, it was, really it was, bad. Uh, yeah, 2016, obviously, <laughs> but horrific stuff. 2016 was one of the worst years. And, like, this year's worse. And this year, like, Prince didn't die and David Bowie didn't <laughs> die. And this year's still worse. <laughs> It is. This is um, yeah. and and kids at the time of recording, we're only halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My motherfucking my birthday is coming up. I have. I don't. I'm just gonna sit in a dark room, staring at an all black cake, like just like not knowing what. Like no candles on it or anything. I'm just gonna <laughs> blow on a warm cake. <laughs> Metal as fuck. <laughs> Wearing corpse paint. It's incredibly sad. Count Grishnak birthday. <laughs> Gonna blow out a candelabra like a fucking dark throat. It's utter nihilism. Ah, the, the years don't even matter. We're all heading for the same place. With that said, here's the sponsor. <laughs> Fifty-one fifty is. You're all into the high gain amps. Who doesn't like a high gain amp? Just admit it. You love a high gain amp. What's wrong with that, Doctor Feelbad? Why are you trying to bring me down? Well, what's up with that is noise, dreadful buzzing sounds that spoil your sweet, sweet riffs. But what to do? Well, you might not know his product, but you will know his voice. Introducing Jeff Tate's Noise Gates. Oh yes, Suburban Washington's most successful frontman is back with a new product that promises not to disappoint. 
Would the man who wrote Chemical Youth brackets, We Are a Rebellion, let you down? It works like this. Through a system of witches and pulleys developed in regular non-binaristic technologies, University of Washington, the waveform is really to its transformed into notes and algorithms developed by Jeff himself. You can't afford to miss out on this. Use the code 5150 and we'll apply it to all your Queensryche albums, rendering them much more listenable. Jeff Tate's noise gates. It would be an operation call on Minecrime to miss out. Back with uh, with beers from Poland. I got this beer. Um, this is going to be a reference that no one's going to get, but in the '90s, and this plays into our feature segment. The grunge era took off, and <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, right. <laughs> Story and, checks out. <laughs> and uh, corporations tried to like cash in on that in a variety of ways. And oh, one the, of them, the there DOD was, grunge pedal. There was a DOD <laughs> grunge pedal. There was um, there was like a lot of flannels being sold in stores and like long johns and shit. Some company tried to make grunge soda, and, and they called it OK Soda. <laughs> and uh, Dillinger Four wrote a song about it called "Smells Like OK Soda." Then they went on tour and realized that it wasn't a nationwide thing because they were like, "Hey, you guys remember that OK <laughs> Soda pre- shit?" Pre-internet, <laughs> that must be how bands found shit out. It's like. Oh, is this just an out town? <laughs> yeah, it's like they mentioned it and we're like, oh, you guys don't know what we're talking about at all. So two tours later. Who here knows about test marketing? <laughs> so this is Okakim. Okakim. Oh, that's my assumption. But it's, it, probably, it's probably Germanic. They probably hit all the woods oh, as spoken. So it's OK beer. Yeah. O.K.beer. It has a cartoon ram drinking out of a very heady beer on the front of it. Um, I haven't tried this yet. You take a sip of it. What would you... That's pretty good. Tastes of uh, cold lagery beer. Like okay, it's one want. of those not super. Uh, you know when you have it's too much hops and it's too flavorsome. This is uh, yeah when it's like straight poison. Yeah, yeah. This is like uh, PBR but good. Like it doesn't have the ricey kind of aftertaste that P- PBR does. It's, yeah, it's very it's smooth. It goes yeah. down very smooth. Poland, good work. Yeah, nice work, Poland. <laughs> This is literally okay beer. Yeah, it's ex- this is exactly ex- what true, it says in the bottle. Unlike okay soda, this is true for advertising. This is like just the most okay beer. Now you might be wondering why did I go on this long rambling uh, anecdote about the '90s? Well, we have to fill time for this fucking podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, but also we both read a book. Yeah. About the about playing b- in bands in the '90s from one dude's point of view and, uh, <laughs> and uh this is part of, this is our book club the first first annual yeah uh john finds um your band sucks colon uh, what i saw <laughs> in the indie rocks failed revolution but can no longer hear I, rather than trying to go through the book in order because that would be tedious what did you think i overall i enjoyed it but i was frustrated by the dude did you, I, ha- you have uh, your opinions differ from his? Is that is that why? Well, it's mostly I felt like I'm assuming everyone who's listened to this has read it, and if you haven't, a quick overview is there's a guy named John Fine, real dude. This is a real book about real events that mm-hmm. happened, presumably. I mean, some of these stories could have been made up in it, yeah. but it's probably not a fabulous thing. It's probably a no. Real it, thing. it sounded like it was it had all it had a lot of authenticity to it. If if it's fiction, and then it's very fucking good. <laughs> well, you know, if he's like, but you know, some of the some of the crazy stories he might have made up. But sure. So it's he's a dude uh, who got into like punk rock and indie rock, or in the late in, in, 80s, the, in the 80s, in, in the in 80s, school. and then went to college. Uh, and went to is Oberland, the Oberland, that, that little started a band. Fancy school, yeah. yeah. Started a band called uh, Bitch Magnet. Bitch Magnet, yeah. With, where um, he was not the he didn't write songs. He was the guitar like, player and. Yeah, the bass player. Wrote, did, I think he did the heavy lifting. He wrote the all the. Yeah, he wrote like all the songs. And uh, who's what was his name? He had a Korean name, like Sun. Su Young, Su Young something. And he's that guy is in um, Seam, from a band called Seam. Okay. Who are really good. Like they, they had a couple of a uh, couple of indie rock records that sounded like, uh, just not um super chunk kind kinda uh, yeah. really melodic, lots of harmonies, like good stuff. Like, yeah. I, I like them records. I didn't know it was the same guy until I read, the, read that book. So yeah, so they went on. They put out some records. They went on tour. Yeah, and then that band broke up. He kind of wandered around in the wilderness for a little bit. He started another band. He started Vi- a Vine- Vineland. He started. Vi- he was Vineland. He I'm played in Dog Caballero for a hot minute. It's funny that he put that on his like CV when he like 
play some shows with him. It seemed like didn't record with him. Like just okay. seemed like a, just a dude in it. And then was in another weird band that I didn't bother to check out. Coptic Light. And that's kind of the middle section of the book. And then the last section of the book is about Bitch Magnet getting back together and going on a like final kind of tour, yeah. victory lap tour. And that, and it was because of the internet that allowed that to happen. Yeah, right? so yeah. It's, yeah like um, enough people kind of digging their, their first few records or yeah, like whatever. So <laughs> that's the spine of it. And it's all told specifically through the guitar player, John Fine, his point of view of stuff. His point of very view. much so, like with yeah. no, I go as no empathy to anybody else. <laughs> like, Later on, he has a marginal amount, but he is yeah. In the first half of the book is like, why is everybody being so mean to me? Describes a bunch of shitty stuff that he's done. It's like, and that's motherfucker. Like <laughs> one of the, the the principal things that bothered me about the book is um, when he's setting up like his whole experience of like finding like punk rock and weird bands and then getting to college and starting to play music his whole thing is just like everything that people like is garbage that's pretty much what like he ends up he's just talking about everything that's on the radio is garbage everything that like is like mainstream stuff that people listen to is garbage yeah and i get as a teenager i get that yeah but as a, he's 50 something now and he was writing in that style and i feel like it still hell's that opinion so it's like when he mentions a band i think he like mentions like super trunk and bands that they play with too it's like always like bands where you're like yeah like uh it seems like a curated list to seem rad yeah yeah which yeah. which is like i'm not sure super trunk will be in it will be on a curated list i think because i just adore them so much <laughs> no but no but i'm saying that like that would be one like he's like playing to like a music nerd crowd who doesn't yes. like it's mainstream like, music right which is interesting because like you always think uh, like yeah, if you're really into into hardcore or really into some, some specific kind of music, you are going to have a lot of those cool records in your collection. But you're also going to like shit that is not fucking cool. Like, if you really yeah. like music, you're also going to have, like, no, I have three sides to every story backstream, and it's fucking great. Or whatever yeah. your guilty yeah. pleasure is. You know, and you, you just own it. And just, no, this is, I fucking really like this record, and I don't care. I, yeah. you know, I. <laughs> yeah, and so I was waiting for him to get to that moment, and, I, and where it expressly I could see that he was never going to get there. Later on in in the book, I think it's when they're on their, re, their reunion tour, which we'll talk about more about that reunion tour later, probably. But there's a moment where he's like, yeah, and then we went out and, uh, I was on like ecstasy and like a Spando ballet song came on and I hate Spando ballet and I hate that song. But at the time, because I was on drugs, I was like, this song's great. And it's like, maybe that that song with at the time though, like when everyone's digging um, music that you don't like or music that you're not passionate about, it seems like, oh, fucking sheep, fucking assholes. Like just, like, there's no critical analysis has gone into liking this song. It's just a fucking song that's on. So you say you like it. So years later, Gold by Planet Ballet actually comes on. You're like, it's kind of a jam. This is kind, yeah. of, kind of like really well done. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Sometimes you need the perspective of well, history to it, separate it out. But see, and he could have written a part that was like that. But I, my, my takeaway from it is he wanted to say, that's how high I was. That fucking Molly got him gone. You know, like he just couldn't. He's like, I was dancing to anything. And, and it wasn't <laughs> even like legitimately good songs. <laughs> And so it wasn't like a thing where like if he had been like, oh, I turned I I realized I I'm an adult, like that I can like like things that I used to hate because yeah. like I'm over myself. He never has that moment. It seems like he's the exact same person throughout it. Like he's just like There's a not dude. A lot of growth. I think it's pretty telling that uh the drummer and the bass player from the uh from Bitch Magnet after they did the reunion tour started another band and that guy doesn't <laughs> seem to have been asked to be part of that band. <laughs> so like they we got kicked a new... him out of Bitch Magnet at one point. They did, they did. Like they they and kicked he, him out he and then he petitioned to get back in or something. He, I can't remember how he, he got back in. He got back in the did record. Did they play any shows with they did play they played shows with them as well. So they had another guitar player. Yeah. They played they they got another guitar player and then they kicked him out and then I think they had two guitar players. Right. And then he came back to record like the last album and I think they broke up because that guy seems like he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he like half owns up to how he's irritating, but he never fully Yeah. He, you know, like um 
And it's like, oh, I can see why you got kicked out. He's like, I got kicked out because I get too excited by stuff. It's like, he probably were also just like shitting on bands they like to be like an overbearing he talks, asshole. He talks about specifically that. He talks about how he doesn't like Bad Brains because of the song I Against Die, which is pretty much the only Bad Brains song I know, which is, that's, that one's kind of all right. Yeah. He was attacking the drum for liking it and like really keep, kept like... Needling uh, like, him about yeah, it. And, just like... and then, God, doesn't he pull the van over and say, listen, uh, where I'm from, if, you to- <laughs> if you'd have been talking to me like that, and I hadn't been in this mood, I would have kicked your ass. Like, yeah, I would have, yeah. I would have fucking killed you. So, yeah, knock it off, you irritating prick. And no, no, no nothing learned from that. Like, he seems no. Yeah. It, what about my drummer, right? No. What about you, you fucking dick? <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's like maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but it's quite a good book, though. It's. I thought it's. Quite, I read uh, it in like four days or yeah it's, it's like a I quick read fucking quick, and i powered i powered through it and it wasn't just because i knew we had to talk about it on the podcast like i was enjoying reading it but i yeah. was also like i was spending a lot of time being like this guy's fucked <laughs> they're just the descriptions of, of them playing live uh in, in front of like various various audiences from very very few people to to a packed house and it, uh, and it seemed like yeah that felt very realistic uh, it was a good description of, of what it's like uh, yeah it yeah like to do that yeah it as a working band like or a band plays shows like I got all that and I felt it. Um, those dudes drink hard. Yeah, they're like they talk about like we played the show and then we were out until seven in the morning drinking and, <laughs> and then, then we got in the van and drove to the night and like whoa, <laughs> <laughs> really? It's like, I was really hungover, but luckily we I fucking whatever I ate some eggs or whatever. <laughs> it's like, dude, and this is like. This isn't like when they were 20 that no, they were that, doing that, this. this they, like, they were our age now doing that. Yeah, like, that was like when they reunited and he was like past 40 and he was like still <laughs> drinking and just doing E all night after they played a show. They're like, yeah. fucking, and it was like, I got to rush over to get to the airport. And I was super hungover, but you know, I, I fucking <laughs> figured it out. And then you saw about his wife came along to one show and she was all like, couldn't hang. And he was like, yeah, she's not used to this rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, like. No, she's like a real person who like is being an adult about stuff and wants to like sleep. Yeah, eventually that nine to five thing where you can't drink all the time is the kind of unless you're actually in fucking the Rolling Stones, like you, you really gotta because they were holding down part time jobs as well. Yeah, that, a... that dude was like on uh, MSNBC and stuff, like being like talking <laughs> about right, like yeah. fucking <laughs> economics. He's like, hold on, I gotta like fly to fucking the Philippines to play a show to hundreds of people let's go hundreds of people <laughs> there was also a scene in the book where he's moved uh he's moved to new york yes and he's either not in a, he's certainly not in bitch magnet he might not even be in any band and he's there's a bar where you can buy cocaine like, oh yeah you can just cokey's palace <laughs> yeah you just straight up buy coke and one amazing detail is you weren't allowed to do coke in the bathroom you had to go into the coke room i guess where everyone was just yeah. doing coke i'm like they came out of a new york where it's like hey do you want to go to an after hours place yeah, cool. Let's go to the one that legally serves cocaine. <laughs> like, you know, like, that seems like a thing that, like, Casablanca was rolling up to, you know? Like, yeah, that kind of stuff was crazy. <laughs> that time capsule kind of shit of uh, John Fine wandering around. He's playing in bands, He's, you know? Yeah. I did not check out any of those bands. No, I, I checked out Bitch Magnet a little bit. After. I, I listened to that, um, is it Shell, Sea of Shells? Sea of Pearls. Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I watched. Wasn't blown, some... I wasn't blown away by it, and that was like their hit, their closer. Like, so I was like, oh, yeah. "This is okay." But I'm glad I hadn't heard anything by them before. I was, uh, yeah, because then I could just like fill my mind with whatever, like, <laughs> whatever interesting music. I think, I think that's better too, because the way he talks about Bitch Magnet and the way he like, oh, yeah. he's so high minded about all this other music that he listens to, where he's just like all that weak shit that everyone else is listening to. I'm listening to stuff that fucking yeah. sets the world on fire. Like, and like, it rocks, but it's not like rock music. Not like your square rock music that you listen to, like yeah. Motley Crue. Like, he was really down on... It's indie rock, but it's not rock. Like, yeah, it's not rock, and it's like... I got the audio book, he really... It's <laughs> fucking smart and complex, and it's gonna like... It'll like... The hairs on your back of your neck will stand up. It's going to change the way you think about stuff. What if it just stuff. had one chord? What if it didn't even have a chord? What if there was no chorus? What if there's no notes? Like, wait. <laughs> what if it's a silence? Wait, settle down. <laughs> yeah, like, he's so, like, the way he writes about music is he's passionate, but, like, also very particular and weird. And it makes yeah. you think, like, okay, this dude's banned. 
this must be really, really good if this guy's splitting hairs about like, what's garbage and not. And you listen to it and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Say indie rock, I'm not as good as the Pixies. You know? <laughs> fine, it's fine. Like, it's, it's, it's not bad, but like I, I, the world is a slightly better place for having bitch magnet in it. But if you don't hear any of their records, you, you know, you're not going to be like, ah! And you're no, I, w- I, I, I wish I'd heard all of whatever the third record was called. Yeah, he also didn't, he didn't write any. That's the everything too. Didn't, see, like, he didn't seem to have a lot of passion for guitar playing because he was the guitar player. Like he, it, like he talks about how, you know, I would, he watched these metal dudes and they were like really shredding, and he tried to do that a little bit, but not really be interested in that and not be any good at it. Um, but he'd play, but he, he but he, he but didn't strike me as someone that fucking loves to play guitar, despite a lot of the things that he said. He felt like he was just sort of. Yeah, like he likes feedback, and we're you know definitely on the same page <laughs> with him there. Yeah. Uh, feedback's great, and rubbing the strings against the amp. And I was like, oh yeah, do that kind of shit. And he seemed kind of into gear because he's like, oh, hundred watt was it high watt? He's like, high watt, like, yeah, stack, <laughs> like, like two yeah, two man. high watts. Like, well, there's also the thing where he's like, he talked about the reunion tour. He was finally he's like, he talks about like he had a frustration at, at the beginning of Bitch Magnet because. He heard guitar parts and he wasn't technically proficient enough to play them. But yeah. then years later, after playing with like other people and getting eventually getting to the point of like one of those bands, Coptic Light, apparently he was like playing guitar, like full on like guitar solos and stuff. That he was like finally able to like accurately nail the things he wanted to play for these other songs. So now we're right. That's that's kind of a so, but. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a, I mean, you know, he, like, I do feel he has this thing where every time a band breaks up, he, like, vacillates between, should I just never play music again, or I need to play music <laughs> again right now, and I totally have felt that in, like, um, there's definitely been times where you get that, like, should I just take a break, or, like, you know, like, yeah. that's a thing, but, um. I don't know, I've, I've never stopped playing guitar, I've, I've, I've been out of bands for long periods of time, but, like. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you keep. Yeah, no, you definitely keep playing, but um, and I, you know, I, I generally like now it's just pretty much like yeah, I'm just gonna keep playing music. But I remember like being, you know, fucking like 18 or 19 and having like the band you're in for a while, like you know, it's gonna end or it's not going well. And it's kind of like what the, what are we doing? <laughs> like what what working really like what is this it is this what is this what it is you know and you get that like this seems like a pain in the like is this like worth it or whatever yeah what's is it worth it is the thing because yeah that is, that is what it is that thing you're doing your 18 that that is what it is yeah like, well you know it's uh, like t- the color changes a little bit and the, the phrasing changes a little bit but that's the work that's that's yeah, what it yeah. is <laughs> well i think i think it depends on your expectations like i think oh, there's, yeah. there's yeah. a point when I was like, I when I started playing music, there was a point where I was like, specifically, like this isn't a career, like the, like I was oh. like when I started, I was like, this is we were playing to play, and it was like a fucking complete like punk like punk rock attitude to be like, but then like a couple of years in, I was like, yeah, I, I want to make a living off this, <laughs> like you know, no, like if I no. could do it, I would want to, and um, not that we were like now we're gonna sound like fucking third eye blind so we could make money we were all like still writing dumb pop punk songs but we we're like yeah if we could like get signed and do stuff like we were like we wanted to, to do to, like make a go of it and in the 90s that would be a legitimate yeah position now it's now now, it's now i'm like that is like uh, not an ex- no but like, even if you're 18 now it would be like no, no <laughs> yeah probably not you're probably i mean yeah yeah it, is, it would be very hard to make a go of it now now my expectations are like play shows yeah record albums every once in a while yeah <laughs> so and that's that's perfectly fine you get to do like all of the work that rock stars have to do <laughs> yeah um and so i and think you get, you get some of the glory but like it's like a, a millionth of it you know no well, no one knows who we are well and that's i mean that's one of the things i think was good in the book is that one of the things that came across really well was like he he did mention like kind of puncturing the like rock myths a little bit, which I don't know if anyone still has those, but the idea it's like it, you don't m- most of your experience of being a band, like you don't, you you don't get into a band to get girls and stuff because it turns no. out that no one gives a shit. No one cares about your band. No one can like yeah. playing like indie rock or punk rock. Like it, that's not appealing for most. Like, you know, I don't know. Like you're either like, 
gonna get girls or you're not like the band doesn't like if you think the band is gonna be the deal like the fucking the thing that closes the deal like that's you're the wrong market it, it probably helps but i don't know <laughs> i don't know and so he talks about that he's like you know he's like i've been playing music for 20 years and there's maybe been like two women that <laughs> have like gotten with me because of the band like the rest of that time it's like now granted this dude seems like he kind of sucks yeah, I imagine his personality would would repel most women. It it does seem like re- a straight repellent, like <laughs> like if you needed a spray to repel women, yeah, or people in general, yeah, like bear mace, but like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's John Fine's personality. Yeah, some fine some shots fired, John Fine. But, come out, come on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, we'll, if you want to get on, we're not going to pay you that MSNBC money, but <laughs> and I, I did really enjoy the book. <laughs> But it's just you personally, John Fine, are a dick. Kinda, or, kinda. Or <laughs> you presented yourself as a dick. Like I don't know yeah. if you're a dick, but your persona in the book, if that's accurate to your actual personality, you don't seem like a dude that I would necessarily be wild to hang out with. No, certainly. Like, but as a teenager, it's like, yeah, this is really good teenage writing, and yeah, as a, it's fifty at the end of the book, and it's like still kind of like ornery teenage, spiky kind of like a little bit of growth, but. But not so a little much. bit like a little bit of growth, but not like I, I was hoping for the chapter where he like where he's like, yeah, after everything I've experienced in music, like I, I've made a lot of lists about bands that have like cha- blown my mind and changed. And it's all like underground or like indie rock shit and punk rock shit and stuff. I was waiting for one where he's just like. It would have been interesting if he like went in and showed that how he reevaluated old stuff or yeah. how he embraced mainstream stuff or how he like listened to like other stuff, but it still just became this thing of like indie rock's gonna like <laughs> it's a thing that we never change the world, but if you want to listen to great music and like change your life personally, then you're gonna uh, want to fucking put on these albums. It's like eh, Yes and no. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's like, technically true. But I guess it's like yeah, it depends. Yeah, guided by voices is cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like guy. My voice is cool. I don't know if it's if it's any cooler than in excess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I think they're at equal level of cool. I don't know, like you know. Yeah. Is that weird to say that? No, no. I, th- I think there's also in excess put out fewer albums. Probably uh, c- equal c- amount of good songs. <laughs> Career wise. Guided Voices put up more albums last year than in excess of ever done. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's more good albums on those, in, or good songs on those in excess albums. We should do a head to head. It's imp- how would you even do that? <laughs> I, I'm not going to list all the Guided by Voices songs. You'd have to do like the first Guided by Voices release versus the first in excess, and then the last in excess versus, I guess, the, the most current Guided by Voices, and then pick shit in the middle and try to like. You know, it would be really hard because guided by voices, deep pockets. They got a, they got a long catalog. Oh my god! Like over the Marsbo, I don't know that anyone's put out as much shit as like I, I don't know Marsbo. They're who, like who a, he's like a noise. Oh okay, noise experimental dude. He's got oh, you, like you a, can put it albums automatically. He's like <laughs> it's it's a thousand albums. It's like a ridiculous amount. But like Pollard just put out fucking like his hundredth album. Yeah. That he's been involved with. That's too many. That's too much music. <laughs> and Guided that's by like Voices just put out another album. It's like 10,000 songs. Yeah. Oh, I mean, th- there's some repeats no. in there, but... No, a thousand songs. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of songs. There's not a hundred songs in each album. It's a thousand songs. I'm really poor at maths when I try to do a podcast. <laughs> Which is weird, because... I'm a professor at maths. <laughs> the UW. <laughs> Yeah. So that money's well spent. It's weird kids. because it's, you're, you're a quarter of a million dollars in debt, and you get you get an education by people like me. I yeah, it's really it's weird. It's weird that uh, your uh, business card says human calculator. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, the touring touring description is kind of go the grinding of um, uh, like dry, endless miles driving in a van. Uh, I haven't done this yet, but this is hopefully going to come up for us in a, in, in a little while. Um, but it, it did make me think. Yeah, it is as glamorous and yeah. tedious as, as certainly as driving to gigs and, and doing a show and then breaking down and drive, driving yeah. home is. It's like it's that over and over and over again. 
and and you have to park in a city in a rush hour. And it's ah, oh, that sounds the worst. Like, so it's all the all the technical aspects of, of touring are kind of uh, were very interesting. I thought yes, that because that that's how most of my favorite bands will are doing it. Because most most of my favorite bands are not Iron Maiden level. That they're, they're, they're yeah, you know, Black Anvil level where they're just you know driving around in a van. Yeah, I just um. I wish he had gone in the recording a little bit more. He kind of glossed over that. It was mostly like every once in a while I'd be like during the recording of this, but for the most part, he sort of kept it. Yeah. Um, I thought that would have been a more interesting thing to. He did seem to value the other two people in the band as way better musicians than he is. Like well, he seems to have a lot more um, respect for both of them. Like yeah, in terms well, of songwriting, and this guy sounds like an amazing drummer. Well, the way he was described, because who, who knows? A bitch managed to sound like an amazing band. The way, he was. but yeah. Either way, it was like, well, these two are the main ones, and he's clearly replaceable because he was replaced. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and w- that's the thing is, I was waiting for him to, uh, for all of his like greasy talking about <laughs> about uh, music and all that stuff. I was waiting for him to be like a songwriter. Yeah. And it took him. A really long time. It seemed like other bands he was in, he he picked up that slack a little bit. But Bitch Magnet, he like it doesn't seem like he ever did anything but takes the music that someone else did and like write guitar parts to it, which is I guess a certain type of creativity. But oh, so it's yeah. kind of like you can't. I don't know, man. Like if you're not the guy who's like contributing songs, um. Don't be as big of a dick as he appeared to be. He's such a jerk. Yeah. It's like what like you could be a jerk if you're like the the lifeblood of a band because you're contributing all the hits. Then people have to put up with you. See Dave Mustaine, I guess. <laughs> is this yeah. is this our message? <laughs> or like See Lars Ulrich. <laughs> These Arranging the arranger. shit. He's arranging the shit out yeah. of the songs. Do do that again. I was gonna do that again. Obviously, play this riff twice. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? I I feel like it needs another part. <laughs> that's that's your arrangement notes. Do another part. <laughs> um, uh, which I I think was that spit out the bone. I think I really wish they taped. Oh, I wish they had a fucking camera in the studio when they were doing like for whom the bell tolls and stuff like that. <laughs> the eye rolling. <laughs> I can imagine a Cliff Burton and James Hetfield both going like, "This motherfucker!" Oh no, I think it's Moth and I think it's the Moth and the Flame one where you get to see Hetfield be like, "God, what is wrong with?" Me? No, it's like <laughs> it's really come and, to this. And to be fair, they wrote another part and it sounded good, so it's like it ultimately <laughs> yeah, worked out. But I don't good know. Call Lars. <laughs> Do more music. Do more music over there. Hey, you, you with the guitar. More, more of the notes. But it's like, <laughs> God damn it! Like, yeah, I mean, I I feel like Hetfield would have got there eventually if he left <laughs> his own devices. <laughs> I don't know. He needs he needs an irritating sounding board to like <laughs> fucking critique his ability to do stuff. <laughs> I don't know if the book. I'm not sure like what made him write the book fully. Because it seemed like he was like a autobiography. I mean, it is an autobiography of kind of a time of his life, yeah. right? In a band. But then what he did is, and he says this is in the acknowledgments, is... Oh, oh I, d- I didn't bother with the acknowledgments. Like, I just oh, the last, the last, it was like 15 minutes of thanks. I was like, oh my God, what's the right? But what he like, kind of talks about is like, he's like, oh, I interviewed like 60 musicians from yeah. that time period, which is how he gets, there's like constant quotes it's or like, like anecdotes. Laura Balance and... Uh, or like yeah, like anecdotes from like dudes from like L- LCD sound system and stuff. Oh yeah, he's mates with one of those guys, isn't he? And so he's constantly like, and it'll be like blocks of text that are like. So I, I, I don't know if. I wonder if if he was gonna do something that was a little more oral history of a time, or if he just decided that he wanted to like confirm with people. It so, might have got rewritten. It might have been yeah. like indie rock. 1990 to 2000 and 
five. <laughs> or it just seems like kind of like two ideas because like clearly the book is like it's it's just about that it's about that ba- it's about him and his journey, but it's bookended by like mostly being about this band. With yeah. The center, like middle section being like, oh, I wish I was in that band. I wish that band was still around. I'm in other bands. I mean, now. I mean, cocaine's pretty good, but that band's also very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I think uh, I almost think an oral oral history of that time period would have been a little more. Mostly because again, I found I found John Fine to be a bit much sometimes. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. There's a, a it's an unlikable um, hero, <laughs> but it makes me do, it does make me want to write uh, read. Uh, there's a book. It's called Meet Me in the Bathroom Stall. It just came yeah. out, and it's about New York around that time that he talks about New York. So that like 2001 through 2010 when like. Yeah, the strokes are like a bunch of bands that I don't care about (laughs) were around. But yeah, no, but it's like, but there's like a New York that was like the, I mean, it it was the last time you could kind of well be in a band and break through. Yeah, and it was like a nightlife and like the neighborhoods were popping off, and apparently you had cocaine bars and stuff. So there's like a weird and like (laughs) I don't know if there's I don't know if there's there's only one that they mentioned. Maybe that was the preferred one. We haven't we haven't read this other book, so it makes me kind of want to read that other book because of a specific. Even though, again, it's like the Strokes. I only I like like one Stroke song. Yeah, there's one Stroke song I really like, and then a bunch just, of yeah, tolerable. Not, just not really bothered about them. I don't really like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs that much. Are the Vines part of that scene. They were around the that time. Bondies, is that is that is that them? Because the vines, the vines are from Australia. Oh, okay, yeah. Then that's not really. And the lead singer uh, would only eat burgers, and uh, you seem. So the vines are not around anymore. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think they've come back periodically. No, like attention. <laughs> only original member is the guitar player guy, who every time you watch live footage from like shows, like. Yeah, you know, they had their hit, like the Get Free, that Get Free song. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he would do the thing where he would be singing it and playing it normal. <laughs> and then he would get to the first, after he gets done with the first chorus, did he does like a guitar break, where every single time he just throws himself on the ground, knocking his guitar horribly out of tune. And then the rest <laughs> of the, like, the rest of the song, he just yells unintelligibly, like he never keep it together for the rest of the song. And you can see the rest of the band members being like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, we're on Letterman. Truth. <laughs> we're like on Letterman right now, so we can't like. I guess thanks for writing the song, but it's, this is you're kind of fucking up our hustle. Like, if you just play it, we get asked back. Like, you're yeah. not making this better, you know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that's John Fine. Like, if you guys actually read the book and have any thoughts that you want us that we didn't cover, no, but by we, all means, get get to us on. Girl, I can make you feel okay yeah. at gmail.com. I mean, I understand that we mostly covered that John finds an asshole and that bitch magnet isn't very good, which is, <laughs> seems to be pretty I, much... I mean, you can read the book and find out what it's about, <laughs> but our take is, like, that's not covered in the book. He doesn't say, I am an asshole, my band is not very good. But if you read between the lines... <laughs> no, it's like, he's an asshole... Oh, excuse me. He's an asshole is, like, the subtext of the book, which yeah. you'll get... By reading it. Very good. (laughs) By reading it. um, Bitch Magnet not being very good is just YouTube evidence, pretty much, (laughs) is what I've used for that. Because the way he describes it, and especially in the the sequence where he, uh, they go on the reunion tour and they play some of the best shows they've ever played. Yeah. um, (laughs) His moment-by-moment description of uh, his stage moves is riveting. There's a lot of, like, I came out, we hit the first note for the song, I put my guitar up in the air while I hit it, then I brought it down. Those, those, those three st- strings singing that perfect G, D? I don't, I'm not D, sure which yeah, note is yeah. <laughs> I think that's a perfect, Yeah, there's a lot of like perfect perfect D, which merged in the feedback as I leaned it perfectly against my amp. Yeah. And I wheeled around. Right as we hit you the first You have to fret some notes for D, man. Like, you, no, like, drop D. He says he's in drop. Oh, he's in drop D. Okay. Yeah. Oh, those three strings. Okay, that works. <laughs> like, top three strings? That's not D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not... That's some, not... That's some Michael Kamen <laughs> all black notes shit. <laughs> like... Yeah. There's a lot of, like, him really going into minute detail about, like... Uh, 
fucking how how like the moves he did yeah. in the beginning of a song I've never heard. It's pretty <laughs> good. Also, he's a dude who changes his strings before every show. Yeah, I don't get that, man. I mean, I I change my strings before recording. <laughs> That's I don't change my strings. I just don't. Do strings that. have got the knowledge. They know where the notes are. I like, I use brighter strings, so I let them deaden out, and they're still a little brighter, but I like dead strings. Like, I like oh, yeah. that thump. And so, like, I'm not trying to have fucking bright ass strings all the time. You motherfuckers in your chimey, jangly ass strings. I'm coming in with that Van Halen brown sound shit. This fucking See, this, sounds this so This is good. a man that doesn't like the wedding presents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to George Best <laughs> and then I'm going to put C86 on <laughs> the shop assistants <laughs> jangly as fuck <laughs> I don't know if they're actually using Telecasters but spiritually they were using Telecasters <laughs> yes um so um yeah get at us let us know if you had thoughts or yeah and it's not a bad book you should check it out um if, if you're in a band <laughs> You should read it and go like, oh yeah, that's that is or isn't what it's like to be in a band because it seemed really realistic to me. I, I enjoyed how the, all the details were there. It's like when uh, what was that movie we saw, Green Room? Yeah, like the level of like, yeah, this this has happened. This is something. Yeah. That the, the the knowledge of being in a band was just it, totally present in that movie in a way it isn't in any other movie. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Green Room might be one of my favorite movies it's, it's of really all good, time. I think I think it might be top five. I can't like. I'm really into it. I need to see it again, but I, I, uh, I don't know if it holds I up for a second. I got it on Blu-ray. VHS. If, if you have to, <laughs> I'm on tape loop. Um, no, if you, uh, if you have the ability to watch Blu-ray, play Yeah, I, I, got, I got a thing I'll play Blu-rays. Let's, uh, let's do that. Leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> so we're making plans. Uh, if you guys want to watch Green Room with us. Yeah, come over. <laughs> Castle 5150, Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Ads. <laughs> no time for segue. <laughs> closing segment. We should do that closing segment. I don't know yeah, if any of that I, other I, stuff counts. You can. <laughs> you so can... that was the book. That was the book, you guys. <laughs> Will. <laughs> We've, we've we've just been talking for a little while. Some of that probably won't won't make it. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it was more. Yeah, that was more for us than. I mean, behind the curtain, we we have recorded a, a lot of odds and ends in this session to go on various podcasts. All of it has been um, wild. I feel like the yeah we turned the ramble knob up pretty high. <laughs> I'm glad we're not doing a proper one because <laughs> I'm not focused enough. Yeah, uh, th- yeah. If we had done a real like main segment, it would be four and a half hours long. <laughs> it would be like eight main <laughs> segments like, put in a one. I was trying to talk about Hammerfall and how hilarious they are, but they just remind me of other hilarious things. So. I saw uh, I saw Hammerfall in at Studio Seven. It's one of the two oh, times shit. that I saw uh, bands at Studio Seven, and it was. We, we got to save this for the the power metal special, but we'll definitely get into that. Cause... They yes, <laughs> their their cardboard armor was. <laughs> I wasn't even why, into that why, stuff. Why at that do point, bands? And I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> like, why do bands yeah, like cardboard armor so much?" <laughs> their commitment to the bit was fucking hilarious. Like, um, yeah. Anyway, so. So yeah, c- coming up on on fifty one fifty power metal special at some point. Um, I'm gonna have to listen to a ton of. Uh, I don't know if you have any recommendations. I did listen to that Glory Hammer. Album. Glory Hammer. Uh, right. Was, did it feature the song uh, "Rise of the Chaos Wizards" or did you listen to a different one? <laughs> I listened to the first one. I think I, I think I texted you about it. They kept using the word uh, "questing." <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> that. That is a common verb. <laughs> They um they have oh. a video where the lead singer is dressed in what I can only describe as the Kmart version of Iron Man armor, and he's like <laughs> shooting wizards with like mind beams, and it was the greatest thing I've seen. So I, I want to get into um th- they're definitely a band we should discuss, and possibly some others. I, I, I maybe some maybe Dragon Force. I'll listen to a little bit of Dragon Force. Uh yeah, um, Human Rampage is a good album, even though it's okay. it, it it is maybe all the cliches of things <laughs> like thrown into there. It's like, 
Um, yeah, I think I might make try to cobble together a playlist, like a Spotify playlist that is like Blind Guardian and you know that might be helpful to, to narrow it down because uh, if you just type in you know this is power metal into Bandcamp, you that's that's a long long journey and i want us to at least be talking about the same hilarious band <laughs> yeah there's and it's a lot yeah so we'll get into is it the funniest genre in a yeah, recurring bit that we haven't done in a while um yeah yeah so. that's, we've, we've done two of those um i had a i had a dumb idea recently that i think i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to do also some work for but and hopefully I can like set this up in a way that our between our uh, our eighty robot fans can also partake in. Um, are you aware of uh, brackets and the way like sports brackets and pop culture brackets work? Yes, yeah. So I've seen that. Like you usually have a uh, ideally a power of two, like sixty four teams, and they they individually play each other, and then they move to the next thirty two and sixteen, and then yes, you know what I mean. So what I want to do, I feel like I'm, I'm sure trying to explain brackets to you now. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to do, and what I think, I I I think there's probably websites to put together some form of bracket. And what I want to do is I want to look at list of like top like like the the top fresh songs, death metal songs, or like extreme metal, yeah. like doom or something, and like put together a bracket that then we can fight about to get to that sounds fun also that takes take, it takes numbers to a new dimension <laughs> yeah it probably won't be 64 i will probably try to get it to be more like a you know like a, a smaller opening pool but eventually we're gonna have to make a bunch of hard decisions so i think that'll be fun um and that, and i guess i was thinking it could even be kind of metal genre based to get it in there it could be, be could be by like decade I'm not sure what mm. the best way to yeah I, well, it, it being any metal song from any time in any genre feels a little a little too broad um yeah you know and you don't want angel of death just to just to rush all the way to the <laughs> whatever or battery uh, or like there's a bunch of that like like and th- so yeah maybe maybe we should even oh god this is fun maybe we should even exclude some automatically like you can't put battery in there because <laughs> Well, no, but the whole the whole thing is there's got to be the number ones have to be strong and the number. So in like the fresh metal category, like conference or whatever, right? The number one seed has to be incredibly strong. Oh, I see, because it's gotta it's gonna face uh, something by uh, I don't know Sepultura in the death metal <laughs> metal fight. Yeah, and also then you get you could set up a thing of like, what if there's an upset? What if like we undervalue a song and it's like number, you know, it's like the eighth seed or whatever, but it's you know. It's fucking caught in a bosh or something. What if that? What if that's better? Like, what if that ends up being better and we have an upset? This is, you know, this. Oh is man! So we we're basically we're bringing in fantasy sports into this whole thing. We are. We're gonna fantasy sports this. Yes. Um, this Finally, is a, this is an idea I had yesterday, and I haven't I haven't uh, done the research yet, but I'm gonna see. And if I could set up, if there's a website where I could set up the bracket to where people could participate. This could get intriguing. We could throw it out yeah. on Facebook. We'll, we yeah, we'll stuff. definitely see if um, anyone anyone cares <laughs> no one will care <laughs> like two people i'm friends with on facebook if i threw it out would be like fuck yeah i'm gonna participate in this garbage and then everyone else will ignore it but uh so that might be a future topic um episode. yeah that sounds fun um, <laughs> <laughs> strong opinion i like it i like where your head's at um so yeah all right, look, keep an eye out for that. So next week, Power yeah, Metal. Power, metal, power metal next week. week. Uh, get in touch with us. Uh, it's a girl I can make you feel okay at gmail.com. That's right. If you have any suggestions or anything to say, or if indeed you are actually listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because it's only going to get weirder as this goes on. Like, we're not going to get... the like our main segments are are not going to get back on the rails until we get some guidance as to what you people want to <laughs> listen to, because like otherwise... <laughs> There are no rails. There's no news. There's bands aren't doing anything apart from occasionally one member will come out and say something really fucking racist. And you're like, ah, that's a shame. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> have to uh, start listening uh, to them. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the only news. <laughs> yeah, the only, uh, it's like it's that in like the two minute the late night covers. That's pretty much oh, all they have great, going on. Right man. Um, did you see the the white zombie one with uh, yes uh, with Le- with Lisa from Fucks and Bound? That was great. That was very good, and, and there was uh, um, 
there was one with the uh, oh yeah the ACDC there, there was I think it was all was it not it's it's a long way to the top was it it was something it was like riff raff it was a real fucking riff raff that's right <laughs> Neil Fowler from Clutch um, oh and they did uh, they just did uh, released a Kate Bush cover that's got Ooh. one of the dudes from Mastodon it's got so many harmonized leads and I was really <laughs> it. it was like a dude from Yob and Old Man Gloom and like Mastodon and. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've been, I've been, I'm being unfair. It's not. There's nothing going on. There's some amazingly creative stuff happening, but um, what's not happening is tours and normal records being released yeah. at the normal rate and stuff like that. So. <sighs> <laughs> twenty twenty, baby. <laughs> like, keeps on trucking. Peace. <laughs>